For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We are so excited about our newest sponsor, Monster Bass. Monster Bass is the fun and affordable way to get the best new baits from the fishing industry's top brands delivered to your door each month. A premium subscription fishing company that handpicks the best baits based on where you live and fish. No more guessing on which baits are going to work. Just leave it to the pros at Monster Bass. Basically, it's like having your own personal fishing guide, and it's changing the way bass fishermen shop for baits. They're quickly becoming the number one fishing brand of anglers everywhere. They've got the best baits from the best brands, and you're covered by the industry's best customer service. So if you want to catch bigger bass this season, head over to MonsterBass.com and use the code PANTHERS10 to get $10 off your first box. Sign up for Monster Bass now. In professional sports... A franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team, but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable future. Welcome back to Franchise Players. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson. Follow us on Tobacco Road, at Tobacco Road, I should say, on Twitter for the latest for most of our programming and uh, things that you can listen to on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Of course, we are knee-deep in NFL Draft Week. Uh, Thursday starts off the first round. Our Carolina Panthers are picking eighth as it stands right now, uh, but that could change over the next couple of days, and we're here to kind of dissect which way that might go. So I had to go grab some pros here. Uh, from the four-man rush, Will Harris, Kevin Avery, stopping by so we can talk a little Panther talk. What's going on, gentlemen? Well, good, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, appreciate the invite as always. Glad to be back. So let's just pop it off right here from the very beginning. And you, and both of you guys' minds, the best-case scenario for the Panthers Thursday night would be fill in the blank. Well, for me, I'm going to go ahead and um, go ahead and put out there what I've been pounding the table for. Best case scenario is everybody is quarterback hungry and and uh, wide receiver thirsty and uh, um, left tackle Panay Sewell drops to us at number eight. That's that's Ooh. my best case scenario. Um, we need to get these trenches right, man. We ain't had a we've had nine different left tackles since Jordan Gross retired. It's, it's time to put an end to it. That's the last time we drafted a, a, a offensive lineman in the first. Well, no, Jeff Ota after that uh, down the road, but we know how that went. Um, right. Will your thoughts? Best case scenario for the uh, the Panthers on Thursday night. Yeah, as much as I like Panay Sewell, I'm just keep thinking if Justin Fields falls to eight, how can we possibly pass on that type of talent at the quarterback position? Mm. And I'm I'm with you there. Like I'm I've been floating back and forth really by the hour <laughs> when it comes to what they should do. Let me put this. I was going to ask you guys this. I was saving this question because this is what I've started thinking in the past couple of days. Call me crazy or call me or say that I might be on to something. But I want I want you to ride with me for just a second here. I have a theory uh, as to what the Panthers are ultimately doing. I have a theory that Sam Darnold will never play for the Carolina Panthers. And the only reason why he is on this team 
is because Deshaun Watson had 30 plus women say he was a bad man. So basically, Sam Darnold to me is a doorstop. He is there in case a quarterback does not fall to the Panthers at eight. The Panthers can't trade up past eight, and they know they're going to have probably one or two of these five quarterbacks sitting there by the time you get to the eighth pick. It's just inevitable. One of them is going to be sitting there. So you trade for Darnold. He's there in case that does not that does not happen. Say Justin Fields, like you said, Will, is there at eight. I feel like the Panthers run to the podium. They pick him, and then they can trade Darnold. They still have Bridgewater they can trade. They can recoup back these picks that they gave up for Darnold, and you've got your guy for the future for the next 10 years in-house with Joe Brady and all these weapons from day one. The only the main reason why I say this is because they haven't signed this fifth-year extension for Darnold. I can't figure out why they would not have signed it yet. And then Scott Fitterer's words last week during that press conference were so, like, shady in terms of like what he said like we've got a plan for Darnold he didn't say that yes we're, we're gonna probably sign him he, he made very sure not to say that he was just like we have a plan for after the draft and he repeated it a couple of times when it comes to Sam Darnold that made me start thinking okay Darnold's involved with this in terms of what their draft selection will be so that has to mean that they're wanting a quarterback what, what are your thoughts on everything I just said am I crazy that the Panthers would even do something like that or does it make sense that they would hedge their bets, have a quarterback already in-house, because they do not want Teddy Bridgewater start next year, so that they would already have Darnold there. If they luck out and somebody falls to him at eight, then they've got you know a plethora of riches at quarterback, and they kind of decide where to go. What, what are your thoughts on this theory that I've had about the Panthers for the past couple of days? Well, as far as me personally um, here, I'm thinking that – I'm thinking that Rule, Federer, and Tepper have been playing chess while we've been criticizing them for thinking they're playing checkers. Mm, uh, you brought up some good. You got up some good points here. So here's what I'm thinking. You know, by bringing in Donald, you make it you make it appear that you're not satisfied with Teddy Bridgewater. And as you stated, by not extending Donald, just even though it's May third for all the fifth year options for the class of 2018, because if I'm not mistaken, DJ Moore. Uh, is also mm-hmm. in that draft class as well. So what you do, what they essentially done is they left themselves room to really have the ultimate flexibility as far as options go. Yep. Because let's say a Justin Fields do fall to us in number eight. You was talking about that press conference with Fitterhead. Another thing that he said in the past two press conferences, uh, the Panthers over the past several years have only averaged about six draft picks uh, per draft. And that's something they are, they're not, they're not happy about because they 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 definitely are it, have discussed several options of trading back. So by not signing down to that fifth year option, they are possibly bluffing teams that hey, we could take a quarterback right here, and we're not committed to Donald, and you know ship out. So there's a team that's willing to give the Panthers an offer they cannot refuse. <laughs> you know, then that sets them up to be in a prime position to you know, stock up, you know, possibly get a second and third this year and a first next year, depending on, you know, who's really, you know, hungry to possibly trade that. So I think they just gave themselves room to take a quarterback, trade for someone who wants the quarterback, but make sure they get something that gives them the type of value that would warrant, that would, like you said, recruit the picks that they gave up. So just from that aspect of it, I just think that it's, um, I think it's just a, a flex move uh, to, open up options one way or the other. Right. And and I'm glad you mentioned DJ Moore because that's what pushed me over the ledge in terms of this whole Darnold's not going to play for the Panther thing. Cause it's the same thing with DJ. They haven't extended him either. And I think it's the same situation where 
let's say Jamar Chase is sitting at eight. You know, do the Panthers draft him or do you know, or do they go past and think, well, we got DJ, we can extend him, we got Robbie War for another, you know, two years, blah, blah, blah. I don't think they're thinking that way. I think they're thinking, you know, if that's the best player available and it's a wide receiver, which I would hate for them to do in the first round, but I'd get over it. Jamar Chase, if he's sitting there at eight, it's the same scenario, just a different position. Will, Will, what are your thoughts on all this? Yeah, to me, the Darnold move was just like a lot of the other roster-filling moves with A.J. Bouye at cornerback. They uh, signed three offensive linemen. They're just trying to fill out the roster right now to put them in position to go best player available at eight. So I think a lot of people like to think of team need all the time and we have to draft for need, fill holes today. I think they're more, they want to be in position to draft a franchise player that'll not only be an impact player next year, but for the next five to 10 years. So by having all your holes filled on your roster going into the draft, that's going to allow them to do that. And then I think once they fill in those different gaps through the draft, then I think they'll revisit the fifth year options of both Sam Darnold and DJ Moore. But I do, but I do agree that I don't think Sam Darnold, they're not committed to Darnold by any means. I'm still questioning whether they will pick up his fifth-year option at all, whether he will be possibly flipped again either this year or next. But the thing about quarterbacks, having them on the roster, they're always assets, so you can get recoup a lot of those picks the more you have on your roster. You can follow these guys at the Four Man Rush on Twitter. That's the number four O U R Man Rush on Twitter, and also go check out their uh, their home website at thefourmanrush.com. That's spelled the regular way, the Four Man Rush. Uh.com. Um, let's zoom out for a second and look at the, the NFL as a whole. What do you guys let's let's guess here? What's gonna be the biggest headline on Friday morning after the first round? Oh yeah, I'm looking at this um San Francisco 49ers news this past. Oh my gosh, week. yeah. I mean, I, as much <laughs> as I like the Panthers, I just think the 49ers situation is just much, much more interesting <laughs> and had a lot of news all over the social media. Are they gonna take Mac Jones, are they bluffing the league? Are they going to take uh, Trey Lance? Or are they do, you re- do, y'all, do y'all think everybody? it's Mac Jones? Let's just stop right there. Do y'all think it's Mac Jones? <laughs> you think they gave up all that collateral to move up for Mac Jones? Like, do you? I mean, I look at Kyle Shanahan as a guy with a very big ego. You just see his aggressive play calling in the Super Bowls with those leads, how he blows the lead, doesn't want to run the ball, milk the clock, secure the win. He wants to continue to be the reason why they win. So it wouldn't surprise me one bit to see him go the Mac Jones route so he can say that it's his system that's driving the offense and not the talent of his players. Mm. But it'll be interesting. <laughs> that's, oh man, because at this point, there's no reason for San Francisco to bluff. They're already at three. We already kind of know who the first two picks are going to be. So, I mean, technically, they're on the clock. So it's like, who are you bluffing with? You're like, you're betting against yourself. There's no one else <laughs> that you're having to compete with at this point. I kind of... It makes me feel like it's Justin Fields. Like I, for some reason, I can't figure out why Justin Fields has dropped so much in these these draft boards. And I know you guys do a lot of film study. Can you help me out here? Why has Justin Fields dropped? Like it doesn't make any sense to me. He was basically compared to Trevor Lawrence from high school onward. Their their records on the field is almost identical. The past two years, the, the dude only lost two games, and he lost to Alabama and Clemson. <laughs> so like, wh- what am I missing here? Why is Justin Fields dropping in the draft? Well, as far as my personal opinion of it, I, you know, I'm just looking at the, this is just the yearly nitpick 
mm. option that seems to happen. And particularly, let's, let's call a spade a spade, Desmond. We don't bite our tongue at a four-man rush. Right. You know, it's, it's it's always about the stigmatism of what the black quarterback is or is not capable to do at a high level in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Let yeah. I mean, that's 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 just one of the things I'm looking at here because you know, as you stated, from high school up until what the what December, you know, we're talking about four months ago, it was pretty much you know neck and neck uh, tie. Some circles think Justin Fields is overall more talented than uh, a Trevor Lawrence. If you really you know go deep and you know hear out those that's got a that's got a credible opinions here, but overall you know those two have pretty much been neck and neck for the last uh, four to five years of of their um, of their playing careers. Um, you know, you're hearing about all this stuff about, oh, it could be a distraction because he played baseball. I'm thinking, what? You know, but, <laughs> you know, nobody has even brought up the fact that back in 2019, you know, Matt Jones had a DUI charge. Mm. You know, no, yeah, no, what? none of the networks mm, have mentioned that. that. Yeah. You know, but, but, you know, let, let Trey Lance or let, <laughs> you know, Justin uh, Fields, you know, be done had to deal with all this character issues and things like that. You know, all that's been swept up on the rug. Yeah. Again, this is not me hating on Matt Jones. This is just me using an example of just being real how, how yeah. the magnifying glass can shine bright when it wants to. On, on certain aspects, you know, when they're digging in, you know, that has not been mentioned once and you can put it up on a basic Google search. Yeah. So that lets me know that for the ones that they want to keep stuff in the dark, they will. Let's, let's call it for that. So when they brought it to baseball as, as a possible reason, and then I thought about that with Matt Jones, I'm like, really, seriously? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's just me. Um, I know Will has had a lot to say about it. So I'll let him, you know, chime in on what he thinks. Yeah. What's up, Will? Yeah, the interesting thing about the baseball comments, I saw an anonymous scout today say Mac Jones was a tennis player, so that helps him with his footwork. I'm like, wait a minute, why are we bashing one guy for playing baseball? I've never guy heard that before. <laughs> praising another guy for playing tennis. I mean, this, this dude worked at Planet Fitness for two yeah, years. Right. He's ready to rock and roll in the NFL. He was like Andre yeah, Agassi I mean, on the field. You know? Yeah, I mean, oh, Patrick Roger Federer looking at them. Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, uh, oh, Russell Wilson were all baseball players, so I, I don't get that one. Yeah, that's, oh man. It, this is wild, man. This is wild. Got uh, got uh, Will Harrison, uh, Kevin Avery from the Four Man Rush on the line with us here on Franchise Players. Um, real quick before I let you guys go, uh, I, I love coming to your site and listen to your podcast because you guys are very in depth when it comes to film study. Like you guys are very in tune with uh, uh, being able to go through a film and pick out a character's flaws and strengths. Who's a diamond in the rough that the Panthers need to be looking at? Uh, day two on Friday because no one's talking about what the Panthers should be doing to build the actual roster. Like the first round's fun. It's like big names, but really once you get past like the first 12 to 15 guys, you start to settle into this batch of about 20 guys, 30 guys that are all relatively the same from the middle of the first round to about the middle of the second. Who's a guy that or a position that the Panthers need to focus on in the second round? If I'm not mistaken, is the third round on, on Friday too? Did they switch it again or is it, or is it both? It's second and third on second Friday. Second and third on Friday. Uh-huh. So who's a diamond in the rough for you uh, real quick for the Panthers that they should consider looking at? Well, I'll start with the corners. I let Kevin cover the offensive linemen. But this will make you feel old. Uh, corner, if you don't get J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertain Jr., one former player's son in the first round, you got Asante Samuel Jr., who's also going to be eligible in this draft and could potentially be picked up 
in the second round. I mean, he's a bit undersized at corner, but he has all the tools, great feet, great instincts, a productive career at Florida State. So, I mean, if you want your cornerback, that's one option. And another cornerback I'll be looking at as a potential day two pick is Eric Stokes out of Georgia. So if you don't want the undersized guy, he's more of a longer guy, very athletic. I think his athletic testing was in close to the 99th percentile if you base it on relative athletic score. Um, so he's got the size, speed, and length that you look for at that position. So even if we miss on the corner early on, those are two guys I'm looking at on day two that we could possibly bring in to come in and compete right away. Kev, what you got? Uh, for me, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling no, tr- pull no punches here. I'm all about, you know, rebuilding this line. You know, if we went the first day one and day two, all offense line, it's, it's, it would be validated for me because that's just how, that's just about future that line is. But for me, day two, um, you know, not a lot of pr- mentions been getting about him, I guess, because of position. But I'm looking at someone on day two that are just sitting there available, such as a Wyatt Davis, you know, the right guard out of uh, from Ohio State. Uh, if you listen to my man, um, Larry on the four man rush, you know, he'll tell you right now, outright the best guard uh, in the country. Uh, does have a few in- did have a few injury concerns uh, heading to, but uh, seemed to have fully recovered from it. Um, you know, we were talking about someone that would take that right guard spot that was left by uh, the uh, the trade of Trey um, um, Trey Turner for us. Uh, that would be someone to you know that's got that nasty mauler, uh, always looking to pick up work, good sound fundamental technique. I don't get no penalties type of guy. Like that's what you got. Like you're talking about someone that's you're gonna be looking at gonna be all pro within his first three years. You know, he's that type caliber player. Um, Someone else also just I could do another lineman, but I'm going to switch it over to tight end. Uh, someone that I've kind of grown attached to is uh, Brevin Jordan, the tight end out from Miami. Mm. Uh, you know, when you look at, you know, the Panthers, you know, we let go Chris Manhurts. We didn't resign Alex Armour. Oh, that broke my heart. But, mm. you know, we did bring in, I think it was it uh, um, Sam. I mean, uh, was it Sam um, Arnold, tight end out of Arizona, which you know does like a good receiving threat. Uh, we still got Ian Thomas um, on the team, but you know he's coming up on his fourth year. Uh, so uh, you know, I wouldn't mind getting someone of the caliber of a a Brevin Jordan to that can not only stretch the field vertically and catch, but is also um, a very very good blocker as well. So he would be someone to look out. Uh, for as uh, possible of a date, someone on day two to pick up for the Panthers. I can't wait because I'm, I'm just trying to figure out all these different scenarios in my head. It's like the dude from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia with that board and like all the lines going everywhere to different pictures and all kinds of stuff. I feel like by the time we get to Friday morning, the New England Patriots will have Trevor Lawrence as their quarterback of the future. And we'll all be sitting here like, how in the world did they manage to do that? But it just feels like that's the way all this is going is that the Patriots are going to come in and just destroy everything we've been talking about for the past a couple of weeks. But I'm here for it. We'll see what our Panthers do here. Uh, again, go check these guys out at the Four Man Rush on Twitter. That's the number four, then O U R Man Rush. And you can go check them out also online at thefourmanrush.com to get uh, film analysis, podcasts, reviews. Uh, great convo. Uh, appreciate you guys coming on as always. Uh, Will Harris and Kevin Avery from the Four Man Rush. Great. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Look forward to doing it again soon. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll do one uh, after the draft sometime, a cleanup one where we'll kind of figure out 
did the Panthers get it right or did they mess this up? <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll, I'll have you guys back for sure for that. Coming up, the uh, the Wolfpack from the Rundown will be back to talk about the NFL draft as a whole uh, and much, much more. We are the franchise players on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. We are so excited about our newest sponsor, Monster Bass. Monster Bass is the fun and affordable way to get the best new baits from the fishing industry's top brands delivered to your door each month. A premium subscription fishing company that handpicks the best baits based on where you live and fish. No more guessing on which baits are going to work. Just leave it to the pros at Monster Bass. Basically, it's like having your own personal fishing guide. And it's changing the way bass fishermen shop for baits. They're quickly becoming the number one fishing brand of anglers everywhere. They've got the best baits from the best brands. And you're covered by the industry's best customer service. So if you want to catch bigger bass this season, head over to MonsterBass.com and use the code PANTHERS10 to get $10 off your first box. Sign up for Monster Bass now. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.